back. Pulls up for three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. And it's a big hello and welcome from me, Mark Woods, the latest edition of the MVP cast, brought to you as ever in association with our good friends at Total Environmental Compliance. Check out their consultancy services for a whole range of environmental issues at tecompliance.co.uk. Now, if you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, then you won't miss a single episode. And please, please, please do leave us a review particularly a nice one of course we have launched our new mvp mail newsletter lots of exclusive content great content on a regular basis direct into your email box sign up for that now at mvp247.com now a big week for british basketball and especially for gb women the final game of their qualifying campaign for eurobasket 2021 it takes place on thursday morning 11:30 uk time in the bubble site of Riga, Latvia, Belarus are the opponents and the mathematics are pretty simple. If GB win, they're heading to the finals in June. Now later in the podcast we'll be joined by one of the young guns of the GB programme but I'm really pleased to say that we have as our guest Mr Positive Glasses himself, Senior Gemma Boutheda. So Gemma, you're into a bubble again I mean this time in, in, in Riga and Latvia. I mean what did you learn from last November's bubble in Istanbul about how to, to manage this very unusual process? Well, it's very unusual, and we have to adapt very quickly to that because, okay, the, the windows by themselves are difficult because we have no much time to, to practice. We just have to players play with their clubs on the Saturday, travel on the Sunday. We have three days for practice, then we play a game. Uh, this is the, the the philosophy, the structure of of the of the window, but now it's even more because uh, we have to see first who who are able to arrive uh, in Riga. This is the first thing. So, so uh, of course we are planning, we plan as much as we can, but uh, uh, until we are there, we don't know if everybody are uh, healthy uh, from our team, from the other team. So we have to adapt very quickly as soon as we see what is the situation of our players, players from the other teams. And then what we learn is that it's very important to to use time very, very, very intensively. I mean, to, to be very wise all the time, try to set priorities all the time. This is very important. Uh, we cannot control everything. We have to set priorities, focus on what is most important. Um, okay, so that's it. The other thing is that because we cannot do anything else, I mean, this is always good for the team for for uh, strength and uh, cohesion, <laughs> uh, communication. Uh, at the end, the only way to, to stay with other people is with our own group. We don't even can interact with other teams. Um, and we cannot leave the hotel. We cannot do anything. We cannot receive visitors, anything. So at the end, this is the... This is the opportunity to to strengthen the the, the team uh, cohesion, the communication, to 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 talk about things, to okay, to plan together, um, and this is a very good very good situation for that. But um, okay, this is this is what this is what we learn, and and then what we learn also is that uh, even players who are not uh, playing uh, 
with continuity in this moment, as it happened in November. In November, for example, we went, we went there, some players, especially the ones playing in England or in Scotland, the players playing in UK, some of them, they didn't even play one game because the competition didn't, didn't start, the, the WBBL at that time, just few games for the cup. So uh, we learned also that uh, if the players prepare themselves as much as they can, uh, even if they cannot play basketball, they, they are in a good physical state, they are healthy, they go there and they put uh, uh, all the effort to, to adapt, they can contribute to the team. And, and this is something that we have to do. I mean, we know that we cannot arrive there 100% because the competitions are not working normally. Some players have quarantines, they have to stop, they cannot practice with the team, facilities are closed, all that, that. But uh, it doesn't mean that we are bad 100%. We have to do as much as we can. And, and what we show in November is that we can adapt as soon as, as much as possible. I mean, it's almost certain, obviously, that a win will get you into the finals. I mean, if you lose, it's a bit more wishy-washy in terms of the, the outcome. But, I mean, there was a heavy loss last time you played the Belarusians in, in, in Manchester and size was a was a big issue in that game. I mean, how do you change the look of the team to address that this time around? Well, the, the, the thing is that I, I think the problem we had in that game against Belarus is that uh, in November, uh, one year ago, one year and more, more than one year ago, I mean, we, we were so concerned about preparation for the pre-Olympic and I think we, are not, we were not used to, to, to be in this top competition and then all the mentality was for the pre-Olympic, all the problem solving, all the organization. And I think that we didn't focus on these games enough as, as they deserve. This is my, my feeling, thinking many, many, many times after that defeat. Uh, and then it's a pity because uh, this result can determine the, the, the qualification for the team. Just one bad night, but this, this is the, the, the situation. So now, now uh, we are focused on this game against Belarus. Um, and, and okay, we only have one goal, which is qualified for the Eurobasket in this moment. We don't have pre-Olympic, we don't have anything else. Um, it is true that we don't have the same players because some players are, are off, like Joe Lidham and Rachel Vanderwall. They, they will not be in the team. Steph Collins retired also, so the team has changed some players. Uh, but uh, now we are focused on this. The task is difficult because we have to beat Belarus, and Belarus is a very good team. Uh, they they had a difficult draw in the last Eurobasket because they were in the same group with Russia, Belgium, and Serbia, and they they ended fourth. This is why they went to the draw in the not very good position. But okay, this is a team that was in Olympic Games in Rio, Olympic Games in London. I remember. Uh, I mean. Um, uh, top top team in Europe, Belarus. So we have to win this game. But I think if we if we focus on on this game as much as we can, and we do um, our best, we can beat Belarus. I mean, you've if made we three. lose by if, if, if no, we just we just need to win by one point because uh, if we have three wins, uh, we will not be the first team in the group, but we will be for sure one of the best uh, five second teams in the in the competition. So so winning by one point is enough. If we lose by not many points, we also have some chance, depending on the results of the other groups. But uh, our chance now is to think just in winning. This is the, this is the situation. 
And then we can learn from that game that we need to play better defense. We didn't play good defense. We have to play better defense, uh, concentrate more in the inside game. They have very good players inside, also good shooters on outside. So it's not easy to defend, but we have to find a way to defend more aggressively that we did in the first game. I think in the first game, they, they play too much comfortable on the court. And this is why when a team plays comfortable, at the end, they can score even uh, with uh, the blind eyes, they, they score, you know. And then uh, we gave so many facilities. And this is something that cannot happen this time. You've made three changes from the, the, the team you took to Poland. And the new face that's come in is Shaquilla Joseph. Or, you know, she's playing her basketball in Spain. Obviously, she adds size to your group. But what have you liked about her? Well, I had Shaquilla in um, in in 2017 in a camp and games that we play against second team of France in the summer when we began the that campaign that ended with the pre-Olympic. Um, she just came from the states at that time, and and then uh, I know her from that time. And I think she has she has matured a lot, playing in Italy, playing in Germany, playing now in Spain in the best team or one of the best teams in the second league. She's doing a good job. I talked to her coach. He's happy about her. She's, she has a good attitude. Well, I think I think she's a very young player. And and then I, we have to step by step to renew the, the team. And, and I think she's one of the players that should be in the team uh, in the future. And now, of course, she's playing well. She has, she has one good thing now in this moment is that she's playing with continuity. So now <laughs> this is something that she has in this moment. She's in good shape. Even this week, she played she play two games, Monday and Tuesday, because games that were cancelled from a long time ago. So she's playing, she's active, she's, she's in good shape, and she's a clever player. Uh, of course, in that position, we have now a very strong team, because we have there, in that position, Temi, Fakbele, we have uh, Christina Niwi, we have uh, Shading Green, that they are, uh, the three of them are in a very good shape now. But I think Shekila can help uh, in, in that position uh, to, 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 to strengthen that with a fourth player for these two spots. Um, but whatever happened, it is true that we only play one game. So in one game, uh, it's not like when we play like six games, seven games. That In one game, it's possible that some players don't play. I'm not saying she will not play. But what I mean is that I think she can help now. And, and I think the main thing is that... Uh, I want to see her, we want to see her in the team, to fill in the team, because she's a player for the future. You're bringing Hannah Rob back in for her second appearance. I mean, someone that you gave a debut you know, to against Poland. I mean, a new face for a lot of people, you know, the, 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 the lone Scott back in the GB squad. But what's impressed you about her in seeing her within one window and, and watching her from afar? Well, I knew Hannah in the under-20. Unfortunately, I was coaching the under-20. She was in the pre-camp, but uh, she got injured and she couldn't come to the championship. But um, I, I think following her, I think she's a great uh, player in terms of uh, determination, defense. is very good in defense. Uh, in the offense, is very disciplined. She can shoot the ball quite well. Okay, uh, she has not enough experience at international level in this moment, but uh, she's a great player for the team to help a lot uh, to the team uh, in practice and also if necessary going to the court for little minutes like she did against Poland she can do a good job 
And uh, in this game, we need very good defenders. And okay, even if she's not the, one of the players who will play most, but I'm sure that if she goes to the court, she can help to increase the level of defense of the team at, at, in some particular moment. And, and also, if she's free, she can shoot the ball. It's a good option to score. So I think I think uh, she's a very very good player for for our team uh, because we need we need players who play. Uh, 30 minutes, 28 minutes, 25, and we need players who are uh, good in practice and who are good in playing little minutes but doing a good job. Uh, uh, this is something that some people don't understand about national team. National team needs, as any team, we need players in different roles. And, and for a young player like her, this is a very important role to fill, and we uh, and this is why we, we trust her. Um, in the future, maybe she can develop. I hope she can develop. Same thing I said about Tequila. Uh, tequila. Uh, okay, she, she's a player for the future also. But in this moment, uh, she, she can contribute a lot, uh, as she did the, the other time. I mean, people often ask you know, about Hannah's teammate at Leicester, Holly Winterburn. You know, it's not, not in the squad. You've had a little look at her in the past. I mean, give us... Give us your assessment, if you could, of, of her future on that international stage. Well, I, I included her this time in the reserves list uh, because uh, there is a reserve list and she's there. She was not the last time, she's there now. Uh, so in case something happens, she could be one of the players who could join the team. But I think she's a young player uh, and she needs, uh, well, she needs to keep developing as a player especially in defense. And this is something that I told to her coach. So I think it's, it's very important for her to, 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 to play better defense. I think basically the, the main thing for her to improve. Uh, I mean, you cannot play internationally unless you play very good defense. And we need people who can play very good defense all the time. And I think she's a very good player in the offensive side of the court. But uh, basketball is in both sides of the court. Offense and defense, and this is it. But look, I I I have I am very optimistic about her. I think she she's a nice girl. She 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 wants to improve. She's ambitious, and I think this is a great quality. And then she she wants to succeed, and and I'm quite happy to open the door for her in the future if she continues to improve, especially in defense. And then uh, of course uh, the fact that I added her to the reserves list means that. Uh, we are open to to follow her. Well, not we are open to follow her. We follow her, uh, and then we will be okay in contact all the time with her coach and with her to to see her progress. So I think, but I think it's very important for young players, not only for her. It's very important for young for young players to 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 keep working, okay, and to understand that basketball is not so easy at international level. We reach a very high level in the last campaign, uh, if we want to keep that now or in the future, uh, we need uh, people who are really, uh, uh, who really understand that uh, it's not so easy to, to get a spot in the national team. You have to work hard and you have to play good defense and to be a team player. And, and I think this is the case for, for everybody, not only for her, for Hannah, for Shekila, for uh, other players like now are in the States, like Savannah uh, Wilkinson or Gabi Nikitinaiti or uh, Paige Robinson, who is playing now in, in Barking. 
Kennedy Leonard, I mean, all these players, Georgia Gale, uh, all these players uh, are in our view of the future, but uh, it's very important to understand that it's not enough uh, just to be the top player in your club. You have to show that you can play at the international level, at high level, and this is something that Holly and Hannah and uh, Shakila and all the Chantal Charles, uh, Evelyn Adebayo also. I mean, we are always, all these players need to, to play good defense, especially good defense to, to keep our level high. I mean, you mentioned someone who's, who's done so much for GB and, and, and Steph Collins. I mean, you found that she's retired. You've brought her onto the coaching staff. I mean, how, how important was it to keep her involved also in passing on this knowledge of the GB way, but also, I guess, to, to mould people who one day might coach this GB team? Well, I think, I think uh, if we talk about uh, Steph Collins, uh, we talk about someone who has done so much for women's basketball in UK. I mean, she's one of the best players that we have ever had with most caps. And, and also, it's not only the, the technical side, which, I mean, some things like jump shot, I think she's outstanding um, and the vision and of the game and the quality, I mean, I, okay, we are not. Dis I'm not discovering anything about her. She's been fantastic player, and then, uh, but but also she's a coach. I mean, she's been coaching when, even when I signed for for GB uh, five years ago. She was already coaching Cardiff, and and she's been coaching since then. So uh, I mean, it's not like uh, this is a good player that uh, has player experience. She also has uh, um, coaching experience. Um, and she understands the international basketball, as I said before. This is something that is very important to, to understand in UK. I mean, sometimes um, we are not enough open to international basketball. We need people to understand better what are the international standards. We don't have teams in, in European competitions. Uh, we don't have so many people who understand what is the game outside the, the, the island. And, and then Steph Collins is a great example of a person who understands basketball uh, at the highest level. And I think, uh, okay, when Susana uh, decided not to continue, my former assistant coach, Susana, uh, well, I, I had very clear that uh, it was a very good opportunity to, to add Steffi to the staff because uh, she can do a great job. And of course, uh, <laughs> she can transmit all her experience as a player, but also her knowledge as a coach. I mean, she's She's a person that uh, I really trust a lot. What she says, what she can tell me, what, what her vision of the of the game, of the opponent, of the situation of the game in time out, in half time, preparing the game, preparing the camp. So I'm really, I, I think it's a great decision. Also, we have uh, now uh, in another position, which is the COVID officer position, which is a new <laughs> position now compulsory from FIBA. We have also Asenia Stewart uh, in that position. I recommended her as well for that because, in, again, it's a former player with a lot of experience, although her role is not technical role. She's not, she's not a coach, but uh, she's with the team and she can help a lot to, to for the atmosphere of the team to transmit the values, the emotions, the, the, the ambition of this team to the young players. So I think to have these uh, players around the team is very good always. 
uh, is very good always. But in the case of Steffi, it's also because uh, I think she's a very good coach. We've had um, we've had a lot of players of speaking to them over the last year who went to those Olympic qualifiers with you, and you know, all of them have talked about the mental pain and the anguish of missing up, missing out on on the Tokyo Games. I mean, we're we're almost a year away from that date now, but you know, how do you, as as the head coach, look back upon that qualifying tournament? Well, this has been a very big disappointment because uh, we. It's not easy for us to reach that level. So, I mean, this is the main problem. I mean, if this happens to Spain or France, uh, okay, they are not happy. Or even Belarus, they are not happy, but they know next time they will be there again, you know, in the Paralympic or or at the top of the Eurobasket. But for us to reach the semi-final of the Eurobasket and qualify for the Paralympic is, is not easy. Even now, we are talking that maybe we don't even qualify for Eurobasket if we lose against Belarus. So, I mean, uh, this is our situation. We can be in or not. I mean, it's not so. The thing is that we, we felt that was a great opportunity that we that we we didn't use. We we failed on that. This is the truth. Because okay, we should have won this game against Korea. And and, and in fact, uh, if we could play that game again, I'm sure that would be very different. But the game was played when was played, and we failed. We were not able to 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 win that game. And that was very big disappointment. This is the truth. And that hurts a lot, hurts a lot. To, and I think it's normal that even one year later, this is a kind of, of game that I all, and all the time thinking about what happened, what could happen. But it's true that we have to move forward and, and, and we have to learn from the situation. And I hope that we can have this opportunity in the future again with this generation of players um and then let's see if then we are able to to do it better but uh, but it's a pity now maybe they are not olympic games in tokyo no but it, it doesn't <laughs> yes. mean that we are happy you know it doesn't mean that we are happy in fact i would like to 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 see the olympic games i think that could be great news but uh, but yes yes that was big disappointment but look uh, when you reach that level these things can happen. I mean, you, you don't lose if you don't participate. And if you participate, it's because you did something very good before. Um, and, and I think what is important now is to see if we are able to, to recover from that. This is why, for example, in November, uh, this, um, this uh, game against Poland that we play was very important for us to, to recover mentality, to, to, to move forward, to understand, okay, now we have to begin from the, from the bottom. We have to begin again. We have to start again. Even we are minus, minus because we lost against Belarus by 31 points. So now we are even minus, not even zero. Okay, now we have to try to qualify for Eurobasket. If we are able to do it, great. Let's go try to see if we can do good Eurobasket, then go to World Championship. If we don't, okay, then we have to prepare this plan. Now we have this new new funding from, from UK Sport from the period 21-24. Okay. Whatever happened now, okay, but we have to develop these young players, new generation, to join with uh, current generation, and to see if we can go to Paris 2024. Because now, uh, we don't see this is impossible. And this is the positive thing that we have to see. I mean, if we talk in 2016 or 2017, uh, January 2017, four years ago, we talk about the possibility of going to Tokyo, everybody would laugh. 
people would think, okay, these people are crazy because, you know, and now, now we see that uh, why not going to or try to go to pre-Olympic and then going to Paris 2024. Now people don't think we are crazy. Maybe why not? Because we were only three points away from the Olympic game. And, and then we are disappointed, but at the same time, we have to be realistic and realistic means that okay we were very very close to do it we can do it again why not so <laughs> i think this is the biggest step we we came from from being crazy to be okay this is possible um and, and i think this is the thing that we have to to, to learn and of course we have to learn after that uh, the difficulty of playing that kind of competition i mean uh, i i think uh, this is not excuse but uh, if you play against asian teams they stop the competition in December. Uh, they have all January to prepare. This is what these people did. It's not, and I said that even to, to European organizations, FIBA Europe, European teams had big disadvantage because we had games on Friday and then next Thursday we play the pre-Olympic. Uh, we were lucky not to go to China. As in first place, we had to go. We <laughs> went to Belgrade. But in any case, I mean, I think the European teams have to uh, think that if they want to prepare well this window, uh, it's important to, 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 to open a bigger gap for the teams to prepare. It's not possible to go there to play pre-Olympic without any preparation. But okay, this is not excuse. We knew, we knew that. We, we had to beat Korea. We didn't do it. That was a failure, really. But we learned things. And now we think it's possible. This is important. I mean, we, when we spoke after that Eurobasket semi-final, I mean, you, you were very critical and honest about your feelings about the structure that surrounds British basketball, both with you know, funding from UK sport, with the internal commitment and the unity of purpose within basketball generally in the UK. I mean, we're we're over 18 months on and the world's a very different place now, but you know, see, we're on to more different chairs, different series of faces behind the scenes. I mean, do you, do you feel any more reassured about the direction of travel of the sport here? Well, I think, look, uh, in, uh, since, since October 1915, uh, sorry, 2015, when I signed until uh, now, I have seen six, uh, six uh, chairs, chairmans, uh, different chairmans uh, or top of the federation, six different people. Um, and I think uh, it's very difficult to, to, to move forward with so many changes in the organization. But look, I have to say also that everybody tried to do the best they could. Uh, I think... Uh, uh, the, the situation was difficult because we passed uh, from, from having uh, secure funding uh, around Olympic Games and maybe a little bit later to the situation where the Federation had to fight for the funding. Uh, and then that was not easy for people arriving at the, at the chair. So I think everybody tried to do something, but it was never the, the continuity enough to, to build. I mean, most of the time, people who were in charge uh, tried to just, uh, we say to, in Spanish, uh, apagar el fuego. This is uh, <laughs> stop the fire, no? <laughs> because because there was the urgency. The urgency was to try to, 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 to find money for the next activity, more or less, you know? Also, uh, happened all these changes in the young categories. I mean, the, it was difficult for the people in charge of the, of the federation every for the board uh, to 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 build uh, because there were many urgent things related to the funding especially 
and also to the organization because at the end this uh, British Basketball Federation was created because it was necessary to put GB in the international scope as GB but you know that the original structure of uh, basketball in, in UK was England, Scotland, Wales separately, they even competed separately uh, until uh, 2006 uh, but at the end this is uh, uh, in a way, I, I, I don't want to be un badly understood, okay? Because my English maybe is not so good, but maybe uh, I, I, what I felt it was that a, a little bit artificial organization, uh, okay? Uh, one, one organization like the Basketball Federation has the power in, in terms of relationship with FIBA, licenses, blah, 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 but the, the whole nations have more the, the financial uh, resources and the organization. This is true. But I think that for international basketball, the British Basketball Federation is necessary. I think it's necessary to, 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 to make that organization not, not, not just uh, uh, the, 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 the mean, the, the pathway to go to the international competition, but also to have content by itself uh, helping to develop the national teams, especially the senior national teams, men and women. I think it's important to, to, to help to create the structure to make possible that this organization uh, beyond other uh, development things, uh, recreational basketball, development of coaches, of players, or referees, uh, promotion, blah, blah, blah. Uh, above that, above that, or, or beyond that, okay, uh, uh, an organization that takes care of elite, elite, elite international basketball. I think this is necessary, uh, and I hope that this, uh, and this is why I hope that, uh, that now, in this new time, uh, this organization is going to, to 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 help to develop this content that I'm saying now. But now, look, I, I, I feel optimistic now because I think uh, now, uh, uh, not only because this founding, I think now people who are in charge now, I think they, they, they understand that we need a better structure. It's not only to, to organize the teams and that's it. We need a good structure and, and then we need to uh, a long-term plan which is this plan 21-24, I think this new funding uh, forces us to, to organize a good plan in three years. It's not just solving the next camp, it's just building something in a longer period. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to, to do that, especially for the women. After being able to go to pre-Olympic, I think we can show that, we have shown that, that we can be ambitious and if we have a good plan, we can do things. And I'm sure this is going to help everybody, the home nations and everybody to, to young girls to, to be happy about playing basketball, creating uh, new enthusiasm. And I think, I think now I, I feel optimistic because I see that now this is a moment, good moment to, to improve the structure. But, but as I said in, in 2019 in Eurobasket, I mean, it is obvious. I mean, I'm not criticizing. I'm the first one who is helping in any in any aspect uh, to home nations to GD to whoever is there in UK asking me to help I, I do my best but uh, but but it, it was true that the organization at that moment was bad because that was a big big changes we didn't have we lost the, the people at the administration uh, we didn't have the money uh, I, uh, that that moment probably was the, the, the I don't know the the, the floor of the of the situation and then uh, in, in the Eurobasket it was a miracle really that even the team was able to participate and 
<laughs> but okay, we did it, and, and and we were able to to isolate ourselves from all these problems. The players uh, are doing great, great, great effort all the time because they they have been always very generous on the effort, and at that time we were able to 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 focus on the sport, which is our job. And then, okay, I think the the, the people who were at the board at that time did what the best they, they could to to help the team to participate because. It's, it's not easy to compete at international competitions because it's very expensive. I mean, the funding is, is not easy point. I mean, we are not a country that can travel by bus to play uh, <laughs> in the next in the neighbor's country. For example, if we are if you are Czech Republic, you can travel by bus uh, almost to every place to play. <laughs> uh, here is not the case. Is it is difficult even for us to bring teams to England to play or Scotland to play friendly games, preparation games. It's not easy. So, I mean, every every move we do needs, needs, needs uh, good funding. It's important. And, but look, there are many things to do. I think uh, I'm optimistic now. And I think if we improve the organization, uh, we can also follow better the players, young players. We have players in the United States. We need to follow them better and, and try to organize more camps. Um, so I, I really feel optimistic for the next period. Really. Last question. Obviously, we always look at Spain. Spain are the blueprint. Spain are the, 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 is the role model that every country, even the USA, at times looks at. What, what can we best learn from Spain's ability to turn raw talent into top quality international players, NBA, WNBA players, what's the thing that we really should go, we need that in the UK and we need to put it here? Well, first we need time because uh, basketball in Spain was important uh, many, many years ago. In the 60s, uh, Real Madrid was the European champion So in basketball. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big tradition of our sport. Is uh, After football is the main sport in Spain, basketball, and this is something that uh, it doesn't happen in in UK in this moment, you know. So so this this means that many young players uh, are are there because they have been involved in basketball since the beginning with big people following big players, blah blah blah. In the women, after the Barcelona Olympic Games, uh, many many players really many girls wanted to play, better coaches in the game, more clubs interested in women's basketball. So I think I think time is important, but it's not it's not enough. Of, of course, I mean you you need to do things uh, uh, to to improve and and I think I think it's important to have uh, better models, no, not better uh, to 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 highlight the models because we have the models, the role models. We have the role models. We have great players in the top that can be great role models because they 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 have been uh, let's say pioneers if you want in international basketball. Players who have retired or who are not playing now, like, like Joe Lidan or Asenia Stewart or Steph Collins or Rachel Vanderwall, but also the current players, the ones who are in the team in this moment also. I mean, I think it's important that, that they are better known, that, that the young girls follow them, because at the end, to, to try to imitate the, the, the role models is a key aspect to improve. So I think it's important that this is why, for example, I think it's important to organize more activities in UK, games, competitions, apply to organize big competitions in our country, 
even for the young categories. For example, if we organize, let's say, the under 20 or something like that, that's, that's a good opportunity to bring people in Spain all the time are organizing things and, and, and also to involve the coaches. Even when I was head coach of Spain in, in the late 80s and beginning of 90s, I remember every every camp that we had with the national team, we invited uh, six, eight, four, five coaches from the clubs to be there the whole week, uh, just learning. So they were there, and I remember I had I, I I used to explain, okay, this practice is going to be for that. Then they were observing after the practice, they could ask about things that happened. That was not big problem for, for, for me as a coach because that it didn't take so much time, but for them it was very interesting. Some days we had some special seminar or something like that. So at the end, these coaches have been after that uh, the key to, to, to develop international players also. And that, that was a, a very important thing, I think, to, to develop players' mentality. And then I, I think there are resources in UK that probably are not used uh, good enough when the resource is there. For example, the, the basketball academies. I always say that basketball academies, in Spain, we only have one, which is uh, called Siglo XXI, 21st century. Mm. We founded that in 1987 when I was the, the technical director for women's basketball at that time. We founded that in, in Manresa near Barcelona. Now it's in Barcelona for many years already. And then most of the international players who, who, who have been silver medal in Olympic Games in Rio, all these medals, European champions, blah, 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 they, they began there in that, in that school. But that was one school directed to form elite players. And then uh, some players who were in clubs with a good structure to develop elite players didn't go there. But other players went there, and that was for that. Uh, our basketball academies, sometimes we, we don't even know where they are or, or who they are there. Uh, and at the end, they look like, uh, uh, they, they look that the goal is to produce players to go to the United States to second-hand university. Instead of developing top elite players <laughs> that, that can play in England or in Scotland and, uh, and then can be top players. I mean, I'm not saying people don't go to the States. I mean, but but the, the, the purpose of the of the basketball academies who have also public funding could not be just to to help people to go to the states and many players never come back so i think i think this is a key aspect to i mean maybe i'm talking about things that is not my business probably well not probably this is not my business but if you ask my opinion i tell you that I think it would be important to, to regulate better the activity of the basketball academies that have public funding and to try to focus that activity on the, on the uh, developing elite, elite athletes, elite players. Because, and, and I think this is something that is lacking. Uh, in Spain, we only have one, and I said, but in one academy, we have players who have uh, Olympic medals. And, and I think this is important. Of course, it is important. I think the clubs are making great effort in, in, in Great Britain. I think they are, the talent is, is, is there. I mean, we have players with a lot of talent and we have coaches very, very keen, very happy to learn. And I think the potential of coaches is also good. I, I have participated in different activities with coaches and, and I am also happy to see how keen they are, how the knowledge they have. 
but but we need more people with international mentality seeing what is the top thing. I mean, uh, sometimes we have a player who scores uh, 20 points doing layups and then we think we have a superstar and, and, and it's not the case, you know. As long as you keep your positive glasses on, it will all be okay in the end. Well, positive glasses are important, but look, it's important to clarify that uh, I always clarify uh, this. It's important to clarify that when you use glasses, you use glasses to, to see better. This is the, to see better the, the reality. This is why you put the glasses on because uh, people who use glasses, I use glasses for reading. When I put my glasses, because I want to, uh, to, to see what, what is in the book, uh, the reality, not to invent fantasy. So positive glasses is not fantasy. It's, tra it's, it's to look for reality and from that reality to be optimistic. This is why it's positive. But we have to see the reality first. <laughs> and then from that reality, be positive, be optimistic. And, and I think, uh, well, this is, this is the first step, to see the reality. We have to be positive. We have to, be, we have to focus on the strengths because we have a lot of strengths. And I think, I, I tell you the truth, there are some players in, in UK with a potential that, that we don't have in Spain. We don't have in Spain some, some players with, with the potential that they, 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 they are not. We don't have in Spain any young player like Savannah Wilkinson, for example. We don't have. We don't have. <laughs> for example, uh, I say this name because I, I've been working with her, but I could give other names. I don't want to give more names. But, but there, there, there are some players uh, with great potential um, and we, we just need to, to give them the opportunity to improve. But look, for example, now, if we want to develop a, a program for, for 2024, now le, le, let's suppose that we don't go to Eurobasket. Or even if we go, we need to do something in the summer with young players. Yes, we, we need to, to practice at high level. I mean, it's not, it, to, to create a good team is not only going to the competition. Uh, for example, our under-20 team, maybe, okay, they play one preparation game, they go to the competition, they don't even practice much. No, 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 we need to practice. We need to, to practice at high level. We need to, to, to develop skills that are important for international basketball. So we need to invest on practice, on camps, on things like that. And the talent is there, but we need to do that. And we need to be in contact with the coaches. So, so I think we have, we have reasons to have positive glasses and to be optimistic but we have to put the ideas in action. And I think this is the, the important thing. And as I said, I think the, the will of the people in charge is good, is good. But sometimes the problem is that we spend too much time trying to get organized and we don't have enough funding and we don't have blah, 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 blah. And at the end, we talk, we talk, but we need to put things in action because at the end, the key of basketball is to, to have one court, two baskets or four, uh, 14 players, coaches, and, and work, work, and work inside the court. This is, this is the, the, the final, well, no, this is the essential of, of basketball, no? to work inside the court. Positive glasses, as always, from Chema. Now, I am pleased to say that we're also joined by one of his Dynamic Dozen on this episode of the MVP cast. Evelyn Adebayo winning her second senior cap after her first against Poland last November. She's playing now in Spain's second division with Alcobendas, but a really positive college career after coming through the ranks at Newham Youngbloods and then Barking Abbey, a stateside spell that ended up at the mighty Yukon for a year 
as a graduate senior last year. Now, our conference championship picked up there, no tournament, alas, due to COVID, but playing under head coach Gino Oriema had its challenges, and so I asked her to reflect on the ups and downs of her spell as a Husky. Honestly, it was like it was a hard year for sure, but it was I would say out of all my college years, it was the best year that I had, um, mentally, physically, like like I just learned so much. I went through, you know, I learned so much from the players, the coaches, from the adversity. Um, I was also like in the best shape of my life, um, and yeah, I mean, just the experience too. Um, and the tough games we played, etc. And uh, just the experience was unmatched. And just honestly, the the learning part was definitely unmatched. You know, it was things I would never have learned anywhere else. So I'm definitely very, very grateful and thankful for the experience. Like, so even though it obviously wasn't what I expected or thought it was going to be going into it, like I'm still glad that I had it for sure. Um, and yeah, like I said, me being there was. You know, all God's doing anyway in the first place. So I'm just thankful for that because, yeah, I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have got there or be there without him. And no matter how it went, I'm th- I'm thankful for it. You know, because it's something that I needed. How how frustrating was it at its worst to try and blend into this kind of new basketball culture? Um, I wouldn't say frustrating. It was just. It was more of a patience thing, mm. um, just learning to be patient and like just learning how to just keep grinding, keep working no matter what. Even if things aren't going your way, like you can't stop, you know, you gotta keep going. And that also like connects with how it is in the real life, in the real world, you know. Like a lot of things we do in basketball or go through in basketball or sports in general translates to the real world, and so it's like no matter what, like. You just got to keep going, have the mentality of like, you know, you can't stop, you got to be patient and you just got to keep working off what you want. How do you, how do you interact in, in, in that kind of place with, with Gino? Because he, he's, he's not knowing for pulling his punches. He's knowing for being relatively direct and, you know, and not, not holding back. I mean, do you get a lot of tough love from him? Do you get appraisal? I mean, how, how was he eventually, I guess, able to draw out the best of you within his group honestly you get a bit of everything from him <laughs> like you said praise like appraisals too like you know when you do like, really good things um so yeah he's he's a great coach you know the best of course so obviously he knows a whole bunch of different ways how to bring out the best from his players um and he knows what each, each of his players needs you know which is you know the great another great thing about him you know um so yeah, you get a bit of everything from him to be honest. But it's good, like learning from him and you know, was and C D and Shay was you know, it was honestly great. Like you couldn't ask for better coaches. I mean you go there and you take your masters in, in, in sports management, but you know, in in another sense you're kinda of getting a PhD in coaching when you have that, that caliber of, of staff and all the experience and, and everything that they've got. When you kind of look forward to maybe a future career beyond playing basketball, you know, and also going into the pros, what's the big learning points that you take away from that UConn staff? The big learning points from there, I would say, it's just 
all the different styles in coaching and how together, like, they make this one, like, great dynasty, but they're all so different in their coaching techniques and tactics. So, I mean, you know, coach is something I want to get into after basketball, like, after playing, and it's like I also know, like, I have to, how to approach different players, and obviously the one thing that works for one player may not work for the other one, so being able to be flexible and dynamic and always change and, you know, won't not change too much, but be able to, like, approach any player, any person and get through to them successfully. I think that's a really big thing that that is needed for player development and for players in general. Um, and, yeah, just, just also they work very hard. They were always very... Or like resilient and like in terms of getting ready for that preparation getting ready getting us ready for games etc they always prepared you know they any questions we had they always answered them like they had answers for everything basically for us they were just always prepared you know and organized and they're just like i said resilient and like they just know what they're talking about etc so that's you know definitely something like that i took away from them and like i hope to use in the future you um you got the chance in the trophy, the AAC Championship trophy. You can't expect to have the March Madness trophy at the end of a season was cancelled. You know, COVID, you know, disrupting everything. It must be one of those things that you look back and everyone is kind of cursing COVID and all the effects that it's had. But you know, the, the dream for so many people is to have a March Madness run. You know that there would have been a possibility you could end it up, you know, in early April with with that championship. I mean, was the point when the seasons cancel off finally a tough moment? Oh yeah, it was definitely tough. Um, it was kind of like hard to sink into because, I mean, like you said, we had just won the our, our conference tournament, um, and yeah, everyone was looking forward to to March Madness. And it was my final year as a senior. Um, I didn't get another go around after that. It's like, you know, I waited five years to get to this point to potentially be my first March Madness um, opportunity. And yeah, like, the season was just quite short and it was definitely disappointing for sure. But I mean, there was nothing we could do about it. We understood the situation. But yeah, it was definitely like tough to, tough right to sink in. Because you ended up stuck in the States to an extent after the season, didn't you? Um, yeah, I was there for a couple months after the season. And was that, you know, we because obviously travel travel bans are in place and it's hard to get back and forth, so how, 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 how tough was it to actually get back in the end? No, it wasn't, it wasn't that hard. I mean, most of our flights were getting cancelled, etc. Mm. So it was a matter of just hoping your flight wouldn't keep getting cancelled and... I mean, eventually the one I got on didn't, of course. Um, so yeah, just be, might have been patient, really. The the GB program, you've you've come through under sixteen, under eighteen, under twenty, and then the, the first call up to the to the seniors at the end of last year. What's what's the kind of value for that for a player? Because you know you can have the development, and you know, in different you know teams etc but what extra does international basketball add to your development um it's just a whole just a whole like other level honestly like it's a whole different level um 
in terms of the players you're going against, you're going against, you know, some of the best players in the world. Um, the players you're practicing with, you're playing with the best players from your country. People that have experienced being to Olympics, you know, like Chantal Handy, Timmy Sagbenle, etc. Like, you're, play, you're playing, you're practicing with these players and they're on your team now. You're facing the other best players in the world with great experience too. So just like a whole other level. Um, we honestly, like, I mean, yeah, being like one of the youngest in the team, like, I just, honestly, I just like learn a lot from them, you know, and just keep practicing hard and yeah, just, just trying to soak up as much as I could. I mean, you weren't on the court for that, that, that first game, but it, it, there must be a real pride when you, know, you get handed that jersey for the first time and you're lining up and, you know, that's, it's a big milestone in any player's career. Yeah, definitely. Like it's a, it's a great achievement. Something that I'm, I'm proud to say that I did or was able to do, and it gave me the, the opportunity to, you know, made it happen for me. So I'm definitely glad. I'm also thankful for the coaches there. Like they're all so supportive and kind and great. You know, um, Coach Chema and Coach Steph and Vanessa. Like they're all great people and coaches. And they really, they care so much about the, you know, our national team. And yeah, like. Is, it was honestly a great experience, and also being with the players, they're also welcoming and supportive, you know. Like, is it was just such a great group and such a great experience. Division two in Spain, I mean, a, a terrific place to start your your professional career. How do you how do you assess these first few months of transition into you know a different league, different again, a different kind of basketball culture? being paid to pay, play the game and the pressures that brings. I mean, what's what's this initial phase been like? Mm. It's, it's, I mean, like I said earlier, like it's been different, but it's been good for sure. Um, it doesn't have an adjustment, of course, like because of the culture, the, um, the area and the setup isn't what, I'm, like, what you're used to from college basketball. But, I mean, it's definitely a good experience for sure. You're playing against really good players. Um, you're learning a whole new different culture the language, food, like you're just experiencing different and new things, um, seeing new things, making new teammates and memories, and yeah, still playing a good level of basketball, so yeah, it's like definitely um, a great experience, and you know, I'm enjoying it, and I'm just taking every day as it comes. What's the hardest learning point? Um, the hardest learning point, I'd say, is just the, like, the language barriers that there are sometimes, because, I mean, everyone has Spanish, of course. Um, and for a long time being the only um, foreigner on the team, so no one else speaks, no English-speaking person, so that's definitely, like, being the hardest point, because, like, um, well, yeah, I don't speak the same language as them, and needed something to, like, translate most things to me, etc., so i say that's definitely been the hardest point, just, like, getting over that and trying, trying to find other ways to understand what's going on when there isn't someone available to translate. You talked about wanting to, to go into coaching when, when you're done, but I know you know, giving back and trying to give other people the kind of opportunities that you've had is, is very important. How do you see that process and that giving back taking shape in the future? I'm not, I'm not like 100% entirely sure yet. Um, yeah, I'm not 100, 100% sure yet. I mean, definitely after, like... That's just something I want to get into. Um, I'm, but I'm not sure if it's going to be like two separate things. So I'm going to like 
join them where guys you know, I wanna I wanna coach her that but yes, but I also wanna like maybe I don't know it's like open up like a school or academy something for kids or just a place for kids where they can, you know, learn basketball and life skills at the same time. So I don't know like how exactly it's gonna work out yet or what it's gonna be. There's some few ideas I have in mind. Are there things that you've you've taken from America that you think you know? There's if we want to kind of develop the the level of player that we would like to see in the UK and obviously capitalize on the talent that we that we should have. I mean, do you think that's those sort of programs that are so prevalent in America or the is the next step here? I mean, yeah, definitely because there really is so much great talent in the UK where they just I personally I don't. I don't think there's that much opportunity or exposure or the talent that there is here, or in the UK, sorry. Um, so yeah, I think it is a matter of there just being more opportunities or places where, or maybe it's like a matter of tournaments where players can get more exposure and seen, and there can be more leagues created for us, or it's more places for kids to, you know, like show what they can do, and opportunities for them to like keep climbing the ladder and keep achieving success and you know, get to higher level, higher levels of basketball, or whatever the sport is. Before then, a lot of basketball to be played for you. I mean, coming up, Great Britain, probably a one-off game to beat Belarus, go to the Europeans. Yeah, how much how much for you is there a motivation in the future to be to be part of this GB team and, and get to big tournaments? Um, I mean, definitely like a big motivation... Um, because like I said, like I was explaining before, like it was a great experience and going against you know a lot of great, uh, great, great um, experienced players who've been doing this for a long time and you know most likely the best in the nation and you know part of the best of the world. So it definitely like it pushes you to keep getting better and evolving your game. For you, because you also want to be able to play on that stage. So yeah, it definitely pushes and motivates you to keep evolving, getting better, doing whatever you can to improve each day and just to find more new ways to be a great teammate and just help your team in whatever way you can, whether that's pushing them in practice or just being, you know, so supportive and and caring for them, like whatever it is, just definitely pushes you to keep evolving as a player and a person, you know, so yeah. Well, it's not a bad start so far, and I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Um, stay safe in, in Spain, stay away from the snow. I'm quite jealous because it's all gone here. And um, <laughs> look forward to tracking your career much more. But uh, thank you for joining us on the MVP cast, Evan. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. We wish the team all the very best, of course, and you'll be able to get full coverage and watch that game live on MVP 24-7 on Thursday morning. All the reaction after the game from Riga as well. But that is it for this edition of the MVP cast brought to you with our sponsors at Total Environmental Compliance. Search for them on Google or give them a follow on social media at T Compliance Limited. You can, of course, get all our previous editions at MVP247.com. And you can also sign up there for the MVP Mail, our new newsletter. Lots of great content, lots of great stories coming at you on a regular basis. If you want to get in touch with me, reach out on Twitter at Mark Ripple. Another edition of the MVP cast coming very, very soon. But for me, Mark Woods, thanks so much for listening and it's goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.